Pixmix is brought to you by the Aaron Meta Show. We're broadcasting on youtube.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show and also through Liberated Syndication and in association with the Old School Lane podcast. Pixmix with Aaron and Patricia is brought to you by oldschoollane.blogspot.com and is associated with the Aaron Meta Show. Welcome to Picks Mix with Aaron and Patricia. Hey, Patricia, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well. And uh, actually, I have to say, I'm very excited for uh, our upcoming uh, uh, Pixar uh, film. And uh, also, uh, on top of that as well, I'm also very excited for uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. I'm actually going to be seeing it uh, this weekend, so it's uh, going to be very fun. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those of you who are new to this show, this is the show where we review Pixar films, and uh, you know we thought it'd be a bit too predictable by going up, uh, up basically, you know, starting with Toy Story upwards. So, uh, what we decided to do is we decided to randomize what film we're going to pick, and so every week we pick uh, one film, and uh, then we go with it. So, uh, let's see what we got this week. So, Patricia, uh, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. It's like uh, I feel like uh, that's a, you know sometimes I feel like you've got a friend in me sometimes, Patricia. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ironic that that would be the case, considering that we talked about the newest Pixar movie last time. And this week, by random, just want to reiterate to you one more time, by complete random, we're going back to where it all began. Yep. So here we go. Indeed, we're starting from the very humble beginnings. This is Toy Story. And uh, Patricia, you know, this film was basically the make or break for Pixar, would you believe? Yes, I do uh, remember that because I did see a documentary a long time ago about Pixar. This was like, I don't remember which movie was coming out at the time. That was like the newest one that they were promoting. Um, But I did remember seeing a documentary discussing about the early years of Pixar and yeah, they were they went from like really humble beginnings, uh, just a really small company that was trying to see if they can do well with computer um, animated films or even like little shorts. But then um, some guy, I don't, I, maybe some of you guys don't know even who he is. Then was Steve Jobs. Uh, he did some kind of company for called Apple. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that being... company kind of comes back to me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that guy. So, yeah, he saw the potential with this small little company and he decided to help them out by uh, purchasing some of the percentage of the company. And um, then all of a sudden, uh, as time went on, they started becoming a little bit more well-known. They did a few shorts. Uh, one of the shorts won an Academy Award for Best Animated Short. And then as time went on, I think the first thing I remember seeing Scene from Pixar when I was a kid um, was actually Luxo Jr. Uh, if you remember that uh, in Sesame Street, they had um, Luxo and Luxo Jr., which are these bouncing um, lights that you would see in every um, intro for Pixar. 
I remember that it was just regular Luxo and then Luxo Jr. had the ball, the ball that's pretty much become iconic nowadays. And Luxo Jr. is bouncing on the ball and it deflates. And the word of the day that Sesame Tree was teaching about was called surprise. And so when Luxo Jr. was bouncing on the ball, it popped and Luxo Jr. was excited, but Luxo just pretty much, you know, put down his head essentially. So that was actually the very first thing I saw. And when I went to go see this movie, I was like, oh, I remember that. That's the little um, lamp that would be on Sesame Street. It's kind of like similar to how I was first introduced to Hey Arnold, in which I saw the the claymation short on Sesame Street. So yeah, it goes two ways. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually quite surprising to see that short again because uh, you know I had seen it when I was on, when I was watching Sesame Street, and I was always way 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 back at that time. And then uh, when we off, went off to see Toy Story, and uh, you know my dad was really excited about it because. So, you know, it was so different from everything else that Disney had done and basically anything else that was there at the time. And so, uh, I mean, he was really, uh, you know, buzzed up to see it. And uh, I tell you what, I do actually remember watching him smile as he was actually watching the uh, uh, that short, uh, the Luxo Jr. short go on before the uh, before the movie did. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was really, you know, it was really fun to kind of like, you know, be not only part of like the, uh, the movie experience, but basically part of like the whole like, uh, you know, uh, surrounding uh, of it, you know, like uh, the, the audience response, you know, what uh, everyone was, uh, you know, how everyone responded to it, you know, how it all looked on the screen, you know, it was, uh, it, you know, even then, back at the time, you know, uh, we didn't have like, you know, widescreen uh, cinema, we didn't have like, you know, IMAX or anything like that, we had like a very, very humble, very small cinemas at the time, very small theatres, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, I tell you what, I would probably say I would never have that experience again, because now they're all, just, you know, just these massive auditoriums, and, uh, you know, they're, uh, the local theatre now here in the UK doesn't really exist anymore, so, you know, it was uh, to, to witness Toy Story in the way that I did, in the small, humble cinema, in the, you know, in this uh, square kind of, like, room, and, like, you know, with just the, uh, only a couple of people there to kind of, like, uh, you know, admire it, it was, uh, it was something I really do, do treasure, and uh, it was, uh, definitely loved the way that I saw it for the first time back in, all the way back in 1994, I do believe it was, so, 1995, I do apologize. <laughs> so, and then re-released in 2009, as I say. So, there were some other people who had some experience with that. So, uh, I mean, do you think we should probably start off with uh, talking about its uh, its product, basically how it, how it got made to begin with? Because you know, I I think about this in two ways. Um, I'm really glad the way that it turned out because it's such a masterpiece. But this could have easily have gone very, very wrong for Pixar and very wrong for Disney should they have kept like the original way they were going to make it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would... Oh, hold on. There's an echo. Oh, go on. Give me one second. Hold on. Um... Okay, give me a second. Uh, there we go. That's better. Sorry about that. Anyway, so continuing on, yes, I do agree that this movie could have been completely different. If you want a condensed version, I would highly recommend that you check out the Did You Know Movies video discussing about Toy Story. But yeah, long story short of it was that uh, there were a lot of people who were considered to be the voices of Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Uh, Woody was essentially a jerky character, like somebody who was completely unlikable. And that was what um, Jeffrey Katzenberg wanted. Uh, he wanted him to be like this kind of jerky character and, and kind of like a little bit of a almost like a dictatorish character who has little to no redeeming qualities about him. 
And yeah, even when they looked at the final product, they were saying like, man, this Woody is such a mean character. And so they basically just had to go back to the drawing board. And there was a lot of other things as well. But the essential thing was that Woody was so much different than what he eventually became in the final product. Mm. You know, the, it, it's very lucky that, uh, I mean, I guess it was good that Disney had oversight over this because let me safely say this, if they didn't, you know, this could be on the lines of like Felix the Cat the movie and, and Food Fight. You know, we, we, we could be talking about this film in a very different way than how we're going to be talking about it in this um, in, in this episode of Pixmix. And uh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think that CGI um, would have been as prevalent as it is now. I think that if they tried this, they would have found oh, this is like that weird experiment. You know, uh, just you know, comp- you go back to two D draw hand drawn animation. This is so blocky, and you know, maybe the technology is not there. So maybe they would have either not done it, or maybe they would have had some other company done it. But trust me, if they would have released the movie that. Uh, they uh, essentially were planning on doing. I think that Pixar, we wouldn't even be talking about them today. Do you, do you know what's funny? It's like, you know, uh, the fact that we spend so much time now actually talking about the production rather than actually talking about the movie itself. You know, we've got Saving Mr. Banks, uh, you know, yeah. the movie that's talked about how, uh, you know, Mary Poppins got made. Why do we not have a like a, like a, like a movie of basically how Toy Story got here? I think that kind of warrants a movie in itself, don't you think? Yeah, I think so too. Maybe when the time is right, because Mary Poppins, the movie itself came out like around the 60s. So maybe it hasn't, maybe maybe it's too soon or maybe um, they're waiting for the right time to portray it. But then again, you know, currently Pixar is a little bit under hot water because of the whole John Lasseter incident. So maybe they don't want to do it as of right now. But yeah, that'd be really fascinating. Kind of like see the history, maybe like a few minutes discussing about Pixar's history, maybe the making of, um, you know, Luxo and Luxo Jr. and Tin Toy, because that's what originally was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a movie based off of the Tin Toy short, because that was the one that won the Oscar for Best Animated Short. Yeah, I was thinking, felt- I don't know. It's like, I know the whole John Lasseter thing that said that happened, but I mean, there was, more pe- there was more people involved in Toy Story than John Lasseter. So, I mean, I'm sure there's oh, plenty yeah, yeah, of sure. Sure, uh, absolutely. And on top of that as well, like, you know, if they can make a movie of Facebook, you know, while Mark Zuckerberg's still alive, it's like, you know, I'm sure I'm sure they can still do something with uh Oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think that, um, you know, that would be really fascinating, kind of like the makings of Tin Toy and then eventually, hey, let's make Tin Toy into a movie. But then, oh, no, I don't think that the concept is strong enough. Let's do Toy Story instead. And then we can have the likes of... Uh, you know, all the writers who come in and then eventually Joss Whedon would come in a little bit later to do punch-up dialogue. And then eventually, like, the um, the struggles of trying to do the computer animated movies at a small company like Pixar was at the time. And then they had to hire more animators. They were over budget. They had to do, like, double the work. And they had to do it in a short time span. So, yeah, I think that'll be really fascinating as well. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the movie itself because uh, that's uh, definitely why we're, why we're here to, uh, to talk about this. So uh, the film begins with a six-year-old boy named Andy. Uh, he plays with his toys uh, such as Mr. Potato Head, uh, a toy, toy dinosaur named Rex, and also his favorite cowboy doll, Woody. And uh, I, right off the bat, I was actually kind of surprised to see Mr. Potato Head because, you know, uh, I always thought that Disney would always be... Because Disney, I think, at the time, was always had its own original characters. And uh, I think to see Mr. Potato 
head was actually quite 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 different for me to uh, to see that they've actually got a re you know, like a a, re a real toy because I really thought what they would do is you know I thought through like the entire Toy Story franchise I thought they just basically just make up their own own versions and uh, so it was quite surprising to actually see uh, Mr. Potato Head there. I don't know about you. Um, the the one thing that I was currently that I was actually surprised at the etch a sketch because I actually had one when I was a kid. The oh etch -a -sketch yeah. Where you get to, like, you know, the, you had the sand and you had the like, little knob thing so you could be able to make whatever you want. I actually had one of those and I'm like, oh, he has an Etch-A-Sketch too. So that was the one that surprised me. Yeah. So um, they go through this whole montage of uh, Andy uh, playing around in his in his house and uh, then uh, they cut to the bit where he's basically it's his birthday party. And uh, I liked how they shot the, the very first thing and basically they took advantage of this being a 3D world. And so it's all told by Woody's perspective. So him sliding down the banister, him running around with Andy, uh, you know, uh, being sat in, uh, you know, certain chairs and being flicked around and stuff. You know, it was, uh, I think it was a good way to uh, foreshadow him coming to life and uh, then basically so you see the world from his eyes and then you see him then obviously come to life when uh, he realizes that the birthday party is actually going to be today yeah and the reason why the birthday party is today is because they're moving away to another house and they're uh so his mom decides okay we're going to be able to throw you a party early so that we can be able to focus on uh moving day so all of his friends come by and they uh, bring a bunch of gifts and all of the toys are really scared on what are the, you know, what are they, what are they? Are, are they going to be new toys? Are they going to replace us? And Woody assures them that everything's going to be okay. But of course they don't really fall for it because, oh, he's Andy's favorite toy. He has a type of, um, you know, place compared to the others. And I, uh, there's one thing that I did not get the first time when I was a kid is when, um, you know, Mr. Potato Head actually takes off his lips and he puts it towards his butt cheek. He's essentially calling him an ass kisser. Yeah. Cause that's the way a slinky was supposed to be, wasn't he? He was supposed to be basically be, Originally, he was written to be the guard dog, basically cementing, uh, you know, Woody's uh, uh, claim to basically the throne of the room. So, uh, you know, but then they obviously they rewrote him to be basically his uh, his back his backup uh, to basically you know maybe you know uh, kind of you know be his friend and uh, to uh, you know back up everything that he does. So uh, you know that was uh, that was that was good that was a good swing because I think if they made him like you know the uh, they have like the uh, because I think at the time, you know, um, they were very keen on, like, having enforcer roles. So do you remember, like, uh, oh, who was it? You know, I remember in Ants, when they had, um, you know, uh, who was the, um, you know, for Mandeville. Oh, you're, you're, talking for... About the, um, you're talking about the general from uh, yeah. Ants, who and, was played by had, Christopher Walken, right? Yeah, Christopher Walken. And, uh, yeah, they had, uh, I think they also had, like, you know, various other, you know, in Cats Don't Dance, they had, uh, they had, the, they had the big guy who, like, you know, back up that little Yeah, Max, like, yeah, uh, who was uh, watching over Darla Dimple. Yeah, they were, uh, you know, they, they were really heavy on, like, having, like, those enforcer roles. And I'm really glad they didn't write Slinky to be that person. Imagine, there was no reason to write him in that role, because obviously Woody was supposed to be a lot friendlier than he <laughs> than he was originally supposed to be. So uh, I guess that was... Uh, yeah, so I'm really glad, you know, they had Slinky the way he was. And uh, and uh, it was actually quite fun to watch, uh, you know, Mr. Potato Head, you know, call him a kiss-ass. And, uh, you know, he had uh, uh, the... Uh, oh, what's the name of the uh, the, the talking uh, electronic device? Uh, that uh, I can't remember what the name of that thing was. That would laugh and uh, laugh at him and stuff. So, yeah, that was uh, that was good. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely do agree. And, of course, uh, you know, I'm sure that some people are going to be mentioning in the comments, but, you know, Slinky was voiced by the late Jim Varney, who was uh, known as Ernest. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I do believe so. 
And so, yeah, I should tell you, oh, that was, um, I actually didn't notice that, you know, right off the bat. And I guess, I guess the Ernest movies were not as popular as they were, I think, uh, in, in the UK than they were in the US. So I think the, I think American kids picked it up a lot quicker than the British kids did. I don't think we picked it up until very much later on. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm sure if, the, for example, if you were to watch The Lion King as a kid and you were able to pick up, oh, um, the voice of Zazu, isn't that the guy who voiced Mr., uh, was Mr. Bean? Yeah, I'm sure Atkinson. that maybe British kids would have got it as opposed to American kids. And while it is true that, you know, Mr. Bean, we did know about who he was and, you know, he had his animated series like much later on and he did have a few specials. But yeah, I don't think that Mr. Bean was as popular as I mean it was, but not as much in the UK compared to uh, the US. As compared to the UK, I love how we talk about Rowan Atkinson actually, because uh, uh, you guys, you know, immediately you go to Mr. Bean for Rowan Atkinson. You know, here we go to Black Adder, uh, the uh, the yes, comedy show. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> really have a lot of black adder I, I don't remember anybody talking about it when i was a kid yeah unfortunately rowan atkinson is not in this film so uh, anyway we'll, we'll continue yeah on. i know so um everyone's really nervous about the party so they see all these uh, presents getting pulled out and uh, they start to get bigger and uh, everyone's having a pretty much a heart attack over it and uh, then uh, so you see this whole montage actually with the uh, this is fun with the um the the soldiers the plastic soldiers going down to like put the uh, the the speaker uh, the, sorry, the two-way radio uh, down in the in the plant, and uh, so they do this whole like you know mission uh, thing, kind of like saving Private Ryan kind of kind of whole deal, and uh, then uh, so they do that, and then they put the uh, that in there so that all the kids can they can hear about who's got what presents. So they, they hear like all these random ones like lunch boxes and uh, you know various other things and uh, board games and that, and so everyone's pretty relieved, and then all of a sudden uh, uh, Andy's mom pulls a surprise present from the closet. And um, everyone gets so panicked that uh, they uh, uh, knock out the uh, the Zooey speaker, and uh, then they have no idea what it is. And so uh, I like how they built that up. Like you know, I mean, we knew it was Buzz Lightyear. I mean, obviously that was that was pretty obvious to everybody, you know, who who was uh, who was watching it. But uh, obviously, when um, you know, uh, they obviously built that up really well to uh, when they finally get up to uh, the room, and uh, everyone basically has to uh, go back in their positions and uh, you know play dead and stuff. And uh, then the spaceship lands. And that's where the yeah, bomb begins. the spaceship lands, and this is where we're first introduced to Buzz Lightyear. And with his personality, thinking that he's actually Buzz Lightyear, the uh, star galactor who's saving um, the galaxy from the evil Emperor Zerg, and he's searching around thinking that he landed in some strange planet. And uh, then Woody introduces himself, and he's saying, like, Hi, Woody. I I'm Woody. I'm... Uh, you know, you must be new here and you're in Andy's room and this is my spot. And then when he, Buzz sees uh, his sheriff badge, he says, oh, good. Um, my name is Buzz Lightyear. I'm trying to find out, oh, you know, how can I repair my ship? I must have crash landed by mistake. And so then he, he meets up with the other toys and all of the other toys are so impressed with him because, I mean, when you look at all the other toys, uh, they don't have like all the nice little gizmos and gadgets compared to Buzz. Buzz is a newer toy. Uh, we have obviously, um, you know, Woody, who's a wind up cowboy doll. And um, as mentioned in the likes of Toy Story 2, which, you know, we'll talk about definitely at some point that he's an old toy that was passed out from his family. And, you know, we have a T-Rex, we have a Mr. Potato Head, uh, we have the Slink Dog. But yeah, all the uh, so this is essentially like 
we could assume that they were like old toys that Andy has had for years. But with this case, with Buzz Lightyear, he's a brand new toy, state of the art, and everybody's just so impressed with him. And everybody wants to become friends with him and they want to share, uh, they want him to be his roommate so they can, uh, you know, come together when they're moving away. And then when Buzz shows off his wings for the first time and he says that he can fly and then uh, Woody says, no, you can't fly. You're, you're a toy. But then he, then Buzz, you know, tries to prove him wrong. And he says the iconic line to infinity and beyond. And with a whole bunch of, um, you know, gags that are happening with Buzz being captured by the toy airplane on top and the Hot Wheels going around in a loop-de-loop. And he's has his eyes closed throughout the entire time, so he doesn't see what's going on. He just thinks he's actually flying. Mm. And, and that's actually a really clever way to show that because that's actually going to be a turmoil in the later part of the movie. There is actually a goof in this because uh, if you notice that, his wing actually goes through the loop uh, as he goes around it. So, uh, yes, that is true. Yeah. So uh, there is that, but I think we'll give that the pass, obviously. But, uh, um, so yeah, he, he has that bit and, uh, actually, uh, sorry, I don't mean to like, go, uh, turn turn us back a little bit, but, uh, you know, the whole story about, uh, uh, Andy and his mom moving away. I mean, the, I mean, I need to mention this because I know some people are going to be commenting about this, but, uh, you know, there is the theory that uh, apparently they're moving away because, uh, Andy's mom divorced his dad. And now they basically can't keep the house and they move away. I mean, what do you think of that theory? Uh, uh, that one of the first of many Pixar theories. And, you know, that's actually a really interesting point that maybe she had to move away to, um, like, how big is the house uh, that they're moving into compared to the other one? I don't know. It's like, it's actually, actually, that's quite an interesting uh, fact, actually, because uh, I think the, the house, at least in my opinion, I thought was actually bigger than... Uh, the other one, whether it's just like, you know, it's a semi-detached house, I don't know, but uh, it's uh, it actually looks kind of bigger than the one that they actually, you know, uh, than, the, oh, than the one that they actually moved away from. So, mm, it's, yeah. I don't know, it's yeah, just kind of strange. That's actually a really interesting point. Uh, you know, I guess that with a divorce, maybe she has... Um, uh, you know, maybe he's given away child support, so maybe she's able to have a little bit more money. So maybe that's why how they can be able to afford the bigger house. Or maybe the big to begin with, maybe they probably uh, moved like she moved into a family's house, maybe, and then after that she moved into her own property with with uh, with, uh, with with Andy. Maybe that's probably I, what yeah. happened. That could be another one. Uh, maybe the reason why it's slightly bigger is because you know we see Molly there, who's the baby of the house, and maybe they wanted to. Um, have uh, an expansion of space with uh, her around because she looks really young. She looks like she's at least maybe a few months old or maybe like less than a year old. So that could be another possibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, there could be all sorts of theories to this. You know, that's the fun thing about Pixar is like, they just give you so much to work with in regards to theories and how everything ties together and stuff. So it's just, Oh yeah. Well, we'll definitely discuss a lot more of them uh, down the line. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we have the uh, Buzz proving that he could fly, quote-unquote, and so uh, then he gets admiration from the toys there, and uh, obviously Woody just says it's falling with style, but obviously that uh, doesn't... uh, And obviously then they go through the montage of uh, Woody still insisting that uh, he's still Andy's favorite toy, and uh, then obviously it shows uh, him obviously being uh, upstaged by Buzz in playtime, and so uh, that, uh, that that all plays out. And uh, so, um, and then they're obviously still playing into his, uh, this is the thing, you know, his whole thing that he feels that he's still a space ranger, and that, I mean, I, was, I better mention this as well, in case some uh, people kind of like also point this out as well, apparently uh, some fans of a, uh, you know, the movie uh, Raggedy Ann, 
some people believe that it was actually, but it was actually, well, maybe you know, uh, uh, borrowed from that. And uh, I'll put borrowed in a. I don't know if you ever seen the Raggedy Ann movie. Oh my know. God! You're talking about Raggedy Ann and Andy misadventures. I oh think... God, that acid trip. Yes, yeah, I that... remember. I've heard some people say it's actually borrowed from that and uh, or stolen from that or whatever. But uh, you know, apparently they, they that was the. Uh, movie that did that first but uh yeah let me say we say this um i'd rather watch you know at least with toy story at least it doesn't look like you've taken lsd before you've watched it so it's like you know it's uh i think toy story i think is a bit more tolerable than i think than raggedy ann is so, <laughs> yeah, so. oh my god that, that movie is so crazy it's it's not even funny yeah oh i'm gonna get so much hatred for that but uh <laughs> okay so uh um, then we get to the bit, I believe, where we are introduced to Sid. And, uh, oh, yes. Sid. Yeah. The first of many um, identifiable bi- villains in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. And so um, they, they thought he was, a, but he was at summer camp. Obviously, they sent him back early for, obviously, you know, I guess, misbehavior. And you can see him torturing toys, and uh, you see them blowing him up in the... Uh, in the thing, you know, it's like it's quite funny. It's like you know, where it was like, imagine Sid, like a couple of years from now, like he's there, like blowing stuff up in his back garden and doing all these experiments. I mean, if he was a YouTuber, he'd be a fucking millionaire. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if he was, if 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 he would have um, done his stuff like around two thousand seven or two thousand eight, he would have been hands down. Probably one of the main co-hosts of Destroy, Build, Destroy. <laughs> Sid Depay. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, so um, so they, they get the introduction to, uh, to Sid, and uh, Woody nearly gets it. Sorry, not Woody. Buzz nearly gets himself killed by uh, going down there and trying to uh, rescue the combat call, and uh, thankfully they stop him from doing it. And uh, so, uh, yeah, and, uh, he's fit, and Woody stops him from becoming a crater. Pretty much so. Uh, actually, one thing we didn't notice actually in, in this is that so we also Bo Peep, uh, we, uh, also was um, she's going to be the uh, focus of the uh, next Toy Story film, but uh, yeah, she had a few scenes in this where you know she, uh, uh, you know, obviously she's the, uh, the the love interest of Woody, and uh, obviously she uh, tried and also start tried to stop a boss from uh, blowing himself up. So uh, and so uh, you know, so uh, she gets a couple of nods in there as well in the in the uh, in the beginning. Yes, yes, she does. Uh, It's kind of funny how, uh, even though that she still shows her support for Woody, it's very, it's kind of interesting of how she's able to, you know, kind of like lean towards Buzz as well, because when she saw her, um, when she saw her fly, uh, saw Buzz fly, when she saw Buzz fly, then um, she became really impressed. It's like, oh, I found my roommate. So yeah, I, I guess... You know, Bo Peep is kind of like leaning either or, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I just lost my place there. So, uh, something like oh, we were talking about when um, Bo Peep was helping Buzz preventing to, from going over to Sid. Yeah, so obviously that, that, that takes place. And then I believe we get to the bit where uh, uh, his mo- his Andy's mom comes in and says, oh, we're a bit tired from packing, so do you want to go to Pizza Planet? And uh, so Andy says, "Oh, can I take some? Can I take uh, some toys with me?" And she says, "You can bring one toy." And uh, that worries Woody because he believes it's going to be what is going to be Buzz. And so uh, he then hatches a scheme to uh, basically knock um, Wood, knock Buzz uh, down the side of the, uh, the 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 cupboard, to so that he can't reach him, and so he ends up taking Woody instead. But uh, this obviously backfires, and uh, he ends up uh, knocking. Uh, 
um, uh, buzz out the window and uh, all the way down to the uh, to the bush in the in the back in the uh, in the yard. So uh, and uh, then obviously uh, the toys realised that it was Woody that uh, that did that, and uh, so it was um, and so this whole misunderstanding takes place. And uh, then, um, then Andy finally comes up and like breaks the whole thing up before it all gets nasty. And uh, I tell you, it was quite uh, interesting to see uh, Etching Sketch uh, to draw a noose, and um, <laughs> uh, yes. because it's like, yeah, out of everything you'd etch and sketch, it's like you know, it's like that's a pretty, that's a pretty dark thing to etch and sketch. I have to say, and so yeah, uh, I haven't, yeah, exactly. The the second time I've seen the etch and sketch in the Toy Story line draw something really dark is the toy story four sketch from robot chicken <laughs> oh yeah like when he uh yeah when he shows basically what's happening on the bed oh my god that's crazy yeah, yeah exactly that's the this was before toy story 3 came out yeah. I, or maybe like before it came out and there was like talks about like oh andy's coming home from college and uh you know then when andy came home he had a girlfriend and they were like <laughs> they were having yeah. intercourse on the bed and oh, the edge sketch was like drawing the position they're like oh <laughs> so yeah it's, oh, god. oh my god that's crazy yeah <laughs> Hey, Woody, you know what my daddy did? <laughs> <laughs> he pooped. pooped. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. I love yeah. that. I love robot chicken. Uh, I, I, anyway, so continuing on. Yeah. So Woody decides that he's going to, um, he's he, you know, he's, he decides that uh, he's going to try to, um, you know, go along with, um, you know, Andy w- when he gets back and he just lays there and Andy just takes him and he's like, oh, okay, I'll take him. And so Buzz sees um, Woody getting into the car. And so he goes after them. He jumps into the the bumper. They stop by to get gas at Dinoco, which, uh, you know, next to Pizza Planet, that's a reoccurring um, place that gets featured in a lot of Pixar movies. So especially that, that was kind uh, of strange uh, to me, actually, because, uh, I mean, uh, what was mo- what was Buzz's motivation? So, I mean, obviously, the motivation was to, uh, I mean, obviously, he has to some get kind revenge of... on Woody, obviously. OK, then. Well, because, yeah, I thought it was kind of I mean, I don't know if he actually did he actually see Woody. In that, yeah, in he that? did see Woody. Yes. Oh, he did. Okay, then. So yeah, yeah he, he, he got out of the bush. He saw that Woody was heading over to the car, and so he wanted to get revenge on him. He thought that you know, well, he and I, it, it wasn't exactly called. Uh, well, he he actually said, worded it in a very clever way. He approached him, and Woody said, "Hey, why don't we? As soon as you know, we go back home, then you can say that this was all a big misunderstanding, right, buddy? Hmm. Trying to be nice to him, and then Buzz says." Well, I don't exactly tolerate what you did, but revenge uh, does not work on my planet, but we're not on my planet. And so they had this huge, gigantic fight Mm -hmm. and they leave the car and they're punching each other. And yeah. then the car leaves, and now they're stranded in the gas station. Well, in the fight, I really love how basically they used uh, Buzz Lightyear's uh, whole, like you know, uh, you know, whole his whole body, like you know, he. Uh, uh, he um, so uh, Woody like uh, manages to uh, get the heads, get the helmet up, and he's like punching him in the face, and then uh, Buzz locks the helmet and uh, locks his hand in, and uh, it was quite funny because I didn't realize, like you know, it was kind of a bit, you know, um, uh, a bit on and off how toys kind of feel pain. In a way, it's like you know. Obviously, you get to see more examples of it when we get to the uh, to the bits with Sid, but you know later in on in the film. But uh, you know, it was uh, you know because Buzz was like not was knocked down, you know, down a, like a huge drop, pretty much. And obviously, yeah, I know the uh, the, the bush broke his fall, but uh, you know, it's like uh, you think that uh, there were some bits in the uh, in the film where you think, you know, oh man, because that must really hurt, you know, when so when then things happen. 
like you know and uh but so i think those times when you know uh toys kind of like brushed them off a little bit i don't know it's yes. just, it was uh yeah so the, the 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 pain ratio in the film was kind of inconsistent but uh you know it's a it's a cartoon so i think we can i think we can for i think we can forgive it on that part so sure yeah. So they go over to Pizza Planet. Uh, well, well, yeah, they go over to Pizza Planet because um, a Pizza Planet truck just so happens to be over there getting gas. You know, plot convenience. <laughs> and so um, Woody convinces Buzz that the truck is actually a spaceship that's going to take him to a space station so we can get him home. And so um, Woody tells him that they need to go in the, to the back so that the pizza delivery guy doesn't see them. But Buzz is going to sit up front and he even puts on the little seatbelt for safety, which is actually a really clever thing, considering that, hey, if he's a spaceman, then obviously they have seatbelts in spaceships. Mm-hmm. And Woody's like, oh, man, you know, he's kind of like doubting him. But then the, the guy drives so fast and Woody's like bouncing all over the place and he gets crushed by the tool chest, mm-hmm. which, again, it shows about pain and yeah. uh, just... I, I, I loved how the pizza delivery guy was just so jaded that he wasn't even aware of like the the reality around him. Like you know, he didn't even like focus at one at any point that uh, there was like a little toy like you know uh, with his seatbelt tied. You know, on, yeah, on he probably thought seat. it was just one of the toys from the pizza planet, so maybe he didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, well, the fact that he didn't even know what what direction he was going in, you know, to deliver pizza and stuff. It's like you know, he's like, oh hey, how do I get back to work? He's like, oh, well, you gotta go this way. He's like, you know, oh, well, thanks for the directions, man. It's like you know, it's just it's. Uh, yeah, that 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 that, um, that whole typical you know teenager you know doesn't really know what what he's doing whole thing thing was pretty yeah. Pretty this was before out. GPS was around, so he had to do the old school way of getting directions to his job. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, the Dynaco um, petrol station was actually kind of inconsistent because I think uh, didn't uh, the mom pump the gas, but then uh, the guy who came to the uh, who then came to the uh, um, uh, petrol, you know, so the gas station then asked uh, one of the attendants to fill, fill up the car. So it's like, you know, I don't know if it was like either self service or, you know, maybe it was both. I don't know. It's just, it's yeah, probably. I don't have no idea. I never actually really thought of that. Probably it was both. I don't know. No, who knows? So we maybe, to... maybe, he was, maybe he was just too out of it. Then he had to ask somebody, hey, can you pump this for myself? I'm feeling a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit off. I can't do it by myself. Yeah. So we get to Pizza Planet, and uh, obviously it's a pretty crazy place, and uh, you know there's kids all over the place. You know there's, uh, and then uh, you know but, uh, uh, Buzz looks at the whole thing and thinks, you know, wow, what a spaceport! It's like you know, and uh, you know, reward. He says that Woody did a good job, and uh, now he seems to be back on his side now. And uh, then I think um, they obviously get to uh, the point where he goes into the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the crane, to- you know, the the crane uh, uh, competition thing, and uh, he jumps into that with all the aliens. And then that basically that gives us to the iconic scene with all the uh, little aliens who worship the big master of the claw, which I think... Yes. Yeah. Yes, the claw is our master. He chooses on who will go and who will stay. The claw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I have to agree with what the nostalgia chick said that I think that the minions were heavily influenced by those green aliens. Mm, I don't know. I think a lot of things, like you know, were uh, were influenced by those little aliens. I think you know. I think now that every time you get like a kind of like you know a, a reproducible, you know, kind of uh, you know um, kind of stale character, who uh, I think uh, basically they seem to kind of replicate from those aliens. I think in a way. 
So. Yeah, pretty much exactly. Yeah. Do you think? Um, do you think the? So, uh, do you think the? You know the, Sorry to keep uh, going back to Frozen again. No, no, I know. No, I, know, I, know we, I know. I know. everyone's sick of Frozen, but uh, do you think those? Uh, do you think those trolls? I think are also somewhat based off the aliens as well. Oh God! Oh, I hated the trolls. <laughs> I like the aliens, but I can't stand the trolls. I really can't. They had the war song in the whole movie, and every mm. time you see them, they're just getting out exposition and they're not really that interesting so i hope not <laughs> yeah you really hope they're going to be and now that there's uh you know there's all a whole talk about crossovers now since it's the you know the 21st century fox uh, deal has gone through let's hope they don't cross over too many into other films because I, if you if they're going to do that then they're pretty much going to give away the whole movie in the first five minutes so I see you know, oh, like... <laughs> boy. And you know what? And i know and i know some people are going to say this in the comments Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Simpsons I know. did it. No. Simpsons did it. Yeah. So Simpsons seems to have done a lot of things, you know. So uh, uh, pretty much at this I point, it's, I seriously think that they have a crystal ball somewhere. Yeah, I think they're just pretty good at predicting what happens. If anything, I think they just uh, yeah multiple times. <laughs> multiple, yeah, multiple times. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, that's right. So they're they're in the crane, and uh, Sid is walking over so he can be able to grab one of the aliens, and he sees Buzz there, and he decides that he's going to try to get him, and he does get him, and then Woody actually does come in, and he's trying to get Buzz out of there, but the you know the claw actually grabs the top of Buzz's helmet, and so Woody is trying to pull him out. But the aliens are saying, you've been chosen, you've been chosen. Then they push him forward towards the claw. And um, so uh, when Sid actually pulls up the claw, you have um, Buzz on top and then Woody is grabbing his ankles. And he says, oh, right, double prizes. Mm -hmm. And so he takes them home and, you know, but uh, Woody already knows that they're in huge trouble because, you know, obviously Sid has been destroying many toys in the past and then, uh, the alien is just like really excited and thinking that, oh, everything's going to be working out well. We're almost home to our new master. <laughs> and then let's just say hell starts getting loose. Yeah, this uh, part, this part of the movie is pretty dark in a way because you're seeing like a whole other side from, uh, you know, you had Andy who like, you know, has this uh, very, uh, you know, very innocent way of playing with toys. And then you get to see the uh, total other side which is Sid, and uh, I have to tell you, when they say they take you to the other side, they definitely take you to the other side. It's a grimy, it is, you know, very dark, very awful place. It's like, you know, it's uh, not brightly lit at all. It's littered very much with, like, you know, kind of demons spawn in a way with, like, you know, all the toys that have been, uh, you know, been destroyed in the past, and now they've uh, kind of, like, you know, glued them back together. So it's basically going from, uh, I, I would say, I don't say I would say going from heaven to hell, but it definitely is, you know, basically going from, uh, you know, uh, the world that you know into kind of like this dark underworld, uh, which, you know, you'd, uh, even the Doom Slayer probably would have struggled, you know, uh, could go working his way around in, you know, it's uh, pretty... Yeah, and pretty, let me tell you a crazy. scene that really shook me. So when he, uh, you know, when I was a kid, when I first saw this scene, I was like, oh, wow, what's going to happen? Oh, my God, no way! You know, kind of <laughs> like that kind of thing. So uh, Woody is, like, really terrified of being in Sid's room. And then we have this little baby head and we see, oh, it's a baby. Oh, it's so cute. And then he's like, oh, come on over. Can you help us find a way out? And then it's like 
you have like these um, connectable metal pieces, which I actually saw as a kid. I remember that this was actually kind of like, I don't remember if it was like associated with Kinex or the same company, but I did remember I think it was, I've, there's a company called Meccano that uh, made uh, made these sort of kind of like, you know, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember what they're called now, kind of like steel, like, uh, you know, they they mainly like built like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, metal sets, like cars and yeah, like cranes. Yeah, exactly, like metal like sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think I remember seeing that when I was in school, like when I was walking around like a toy shop and they had like, like right next to the Kinect set. Um, so they actually have like the metal pieces that you can like put things together and stuff like that. So it's actually that. And then it's just like like a like a crab just walking and then when it sees with its one eye and then it just raises up slowly and the ominous presence it's so scary and then all the other toys that are coming in that are all dismantled and you know put together like you know frankenstein with his creatures and it's really frightening and woody is like frightened and buzz is trying to keep his cool and trying to call for help on his um on his, uh, his walkie-talkie device, but nobody's answering because obviously it doesn't work. And then he even uh, says that he's gonna, uh, you know, he's gonna switch over his laser from, um, you know, from stun to kill. And then of course, when he says, "Oh yeah, sure, we'll just let them blink to, you know, we'll blink them to oh, death. death." And it's just it was uh, it was perfect how the how it all just built up to that. And uh, you know, you have like uh, Bill say saying like that. Oh, the cannibals! It's like because uh, you know they obviously they take the. Uh, oh, we got to mention this. You know the Janie doll uh, that uh, uh, Sid takes from. Uh, uh, from Hannah, and uh, then basically tortures and you know basically rips the head off and stuff like that, and uh, so then they have that, and then you can see them taking the parts of the of the toy away, and uh, so that leads to um, you know Buzz thinking that you know they're cannibals, and so so they have that whole that whole bit, and uh, so it was uh, yeah it was uh, that 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 in itself was uh, quite a quite a crazy scene, and uh, so I think they're I think they're pretty much there for the night. Uh, pretty much. I don't think they actually showed yeah, too they much. Say there are like at least maybe like one or two days. Mm. And then yeah, so they stay there for the night, and then we see that um, in the in the morning, Sid is actually grabbing his magnifying glass, and he's gonna actually burn a hole through Woody's uh, head, and that's where we see the little mark um, on his head throughout the this part of the movie. Yeah. We, well, there was also the scene. There was also the scene before that. There was also the scene before that where uh, uh, Andy comes home without Woody, and then uh, Andy says to his mom, "You know, Woody's gone, and like all the toys over here." And, uh, uh, and Mr. Potatohead automatically assumes, "Oh, I told you he was guilty. You know, he's uh, run off, and uh, you know, not not told anybody." And uh, yeah, Bo Peep, uh, you know, kind of like holding on to the fact that you know maybe uh, Woody might be innocent this entire time. So you can definitely tell there's still like kind of like you know indecision in the ranks amongst uh, Woody's guilt or not about what he did to Buzz. So, uh, so yes, there's all that, that playing out as well. So uh, they get to, uh, so they get in the morning, and obviously Sid's uh, interrogating uh, Woody in this uh, in his own way, and uh, then he ends up uh, taking the magnifying glass and burning a hole in his head, and uh, so then we get that, and uh, then uh, Sid what comes out of the room after being uh, lured away by Pop Tarts, and uh, then you get to see that uh, Woody's actually in, in a horrible amount of pain, and uh, ends up having to uh, dunk his head into. Uh, into into a into a cereal bowl and also basically put out the fire in his head. And, yeah, uh, in Fruit Loops. Yeah, and uh, then uh, you got a uh, um, Buzz who's been obviously had his uh, had like a darts uh, like shot at him and stuff, and uh, he says, "Oh, well, you were good to uh, not talk or anything like that." And uh, 
And uh, so then they realize that uh, Sid has left the door open, and so they can uh, they can escape. And uh, but so then the uh, the uh, the cannibals, quote unquote, uh, are, uh, are back again to uh, to, uh, to to basically confront them. And uh, then, um, so then, uh, Woody uses his uh, his karate sharp, sharp actions basically to back them away, and uh, then he uses that uh, opportunity to uh, to escape from himself. But then he realizes he can't because uh, uh, Sid's uh, uh, dog Scud is waiting at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the stairs, so uh, he can't get out. So there's that whole whole scene as well. And uh, I think this is the bit where we get to. Uh, so Buzz himself is uh, obviously you know walking around the house and. Uh, he, um, I think at that point, uh, he actually hears, oh, here's the TV saying that, uh, oh, calling Buzz Lightyear, this is Star Command. And he yes. realizes at this point, oh, hey, it's a Star Command. And, uh, but then he uh, do- doesn't realize until eventually a few seconds in that the what is on the television is not Star Command. It's actually his c- TV commercial for uh, yeah, him the fact TV that... commercial show and it's it is so extreme 90s commercial <laughs> it's the kind of commercial that the nostalgia critic will make fun of yeah and it was just uh, in a way you can definitely see like it was a definitely an over the top uh, uh, commercial but at the same time it was also kind of a very you know as a very emotional moment because uh, you know here you have this like you know over the top commercial going on but in a way it's uh, it's a commercial that's shattering buzz's illusion that uh, this entire time he's actually not been this, uh, you know, this this um, uh, you know this this space ranger. His entire time he's just been a toy. And uh, then when he sees under the uh, the flap that he's actually been made in Taiwan this entire time. I think was it Taiwan that he was made in? I think it was. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, yeah. So he sees he sees underneath it says made in Taiwan, and then you get the whole Randy Newman score of like you know uh, basically saying oh. Can it be true that I'm just this toy this entire time? So. Yeah, and, and then of course we have the scene in which Buzz wants to prove everybody wrong that he is a space ranger. He's not a toy. And so then he tries to recreate that scene earlier in the movie where he flew, but then he falls and he um, gets his arm like popped out of its socket. And then um, we have the you know Sid's sister coming by, and she decides that she's going to put Buzz in, in you know, you know, give Buzz a little hat and play tea party with. Yeah, that was a pretty emotional minute when uh, you see him on the floor, and the music is just basically you know really at this sad moment of realization that he is not what he is, and uh, you just see the camera just start to slowly come up, and uh, you real and uh, the the way they make him feel so insignificant in that scene, I think, was brilliant. And because uh, you really felt, you know, you knew it was a facade the entire time. You knew it was stupid that he was like the space ranger, and you, you know, it was this all. But but you you felt bad for him after that because you know you felt really you know, felt real sympathy for him, even though you knew it was just some, you know it was the fact the idea of him being a space ranger was uh, was, was was stupid. You know, it's just he was this toy this entire time. But you know, you still feel bad for him even in that in that in that moment. And the way that they uh, they did it with the camera, with the music, with the uh, with the lighting, the way the way they they shot it, and the way that they built it up and brought it down again was abs- Was uh, you know, everyone still talks about it to this day. And it's it's, yeah, a, it's a brilliant if piece. If Buzz would have been a really unlikable character, just flaunting off the fact that oh, I'm a space ranger, I'm better than all of you toys, then yeah, we wouldn't be feeling this way. But because um, Buzz was helping out all of those other toys in the montage, where Woody becomes jealous, and you 
see that Buzz's character is actually that wants to be able to do what he can while he's quote unquote stuck on this unknown planet. And he has a really charming persona that uh, had it been one of overconfidence, then yeah, the moment where he finds out that he's actually a toy and not a real space ranger just makes it really um, sad. I do agree. Mm hmm. So then we get the, uh, which I think is a pretty hilarious scene where uh, Buzz is now Mrs. Nesbitt and, yes. uh, in Hannah's, uh, uh, Hannah's playtime. And uh, so Woody throws in a voice to uh, lure Hannah away and tries to get in away. And like, uh, so then they get to the bit where they're, um, where he's basically, they're basically playing out the drunken, uh, you know, uh, bar routine. Where it's like, you know, oh, I'm, one day I was saving the galaxy, and the next thing I'm sucking down, you know, uh, air with this, uh, with these two other guys. And so it's just, uh, and then they, uh, Woody has to struggle for the next couple of minutes trying to uh, get Buzz Lightyear to the window in order to uh, try and convince, the, try and get the to the other toys and convince them what happened and uh, stuff. So, yeah, uh, and, and man, it's just so hilarious. He has Buzz's arm and then uh you know the way he got it was like hey buzz can you give me a hand and you just threw the throw the arm mm. towards woody and he says this is serious and then he says uh to um buzz that he needs his help but buzz is not willing to help him whatsoever and so then he has to use buzz arm so he can try to convince them that yes buzz is with woody and they need some help but then when um, Mr. Potato had said, hey, what are you trying to pull? And then he pulls out his, you know, the, uh, the arm and says, oh, nothing. And they thought that, oh, he killed Buzz. And so then uh, they, then essentially that they decided that they weren't going to help him anymore. They closed the window, they closed the shades, and now they're pretty much on their own. And <laughs> it's really sad and pathetic. And mm -hmm. so then we have Sid coming upstairs and he has a package in the mail and it's a it's a rocket known as the big one, and he's going to use it to strap a toy uh, on the rocket for it to fly and explode. And he decides that he wanted to do Woody, but Woody hid in the crate, and then he accidentally stepped on Buzz because Buzz didn't want to hide away because he felt so insignificant. And he said that he was going to strap Buzz in, but once again, due to plot convenience, hmm. it starts raining, and so Sid decides that he's going to do it first thing in the morning. Yeah. I saw a really bad YouTube poop uh, regards to uh, the uh, the package, and uh, maybe I might explain it. Maybe not on this show. Maybe I'll explain it on my show because um, you know my rancid jokes are probably uh, more welcome on the Aaron Meta show than they are on Pixmex. But uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, going through that, and obviously they go through the sad. Um, I mean, obviously this this is actually pretty. Uh, uh, you know, this is Woody having to basically pick Buzz right off the floor. Saying that, you know, oh, Andy's house, Sid's house, what's the difference? And it's like, you know, okay, you're not a space ranger anymore, but you're a cool toy. And uh, going, you know, yeah, you, you know, you're, you light up, you know, you head home, it does that whoosh thing, you know. And uh, and then uh, Woody has to come to the sad, you know, sad realization that he's not as cool as, uh, you know, Buzz is. And uh, then uh, he says, like, oh, I, sh I should be strapped to the rocket. And uh, so they go through that bit, and uh, then uh, Buzz gets his confidence back and says, "Okay, we're going to get you out of here, and uh, you know we're going to get back to Andy." And uh, but uh, they are a little bit too late uh, with uh, with doing that as uh, it's morning, and uh, Sid wakes up, and uh, then he's uh, immediately going beelining for Buzz and uh, going to launch him off into the uh, into the stratosphere and into oblivion, pretty much into. Uh, 
in in the backyard. So uh, then they get to so then uh, they we get to the bit where the cannibals, uh, or quote unquote, you know, all the all the uh, the misfit toys, uh, you know, com- confront him again, and uh, then Woody pleads for their help, and uh, so then they decide they decide to help him, and uh, actually, there was another bit actually before that they actually were convinced that uh, again that they weren't actually cannibals this entire time because they uh, showed uh, the uh, the pterodactyl and they showed uh, uh, Janie actually being uh, uh, being being repaired. Uh, yeah, because they that. actually took Buzz and they took Buzz's arm and they actually repaired him, made him good as new. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so that that was the moment when they realized, oh, maybe they're not so bad after all. So then, after that, we get to the uh, bit where uh, Woody asks them for their help, and uh, then basically walks works out a plan, which, uh, unfortunately, they're going to have to break... Uh, they say they're going to have to break a few rules, but the rules didn't really make much sense anyway, because, I mean, you know, Buzz thinks he's a space ranger, so why does he have to abide by the rules of, uh, you know, not uh, being alive when uh, humans are around? Hmm, that's actually a really good question. Maybe, um... <clears throat> maybe it's Toy Instinct? Mm, I don't know. I uh, don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, they, 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 yeah, they say... Well, apparently it's. I mean, according to another Pixar theory, apparently it's based on something that happened in Wally. So uh, maybe when we get to Wally, maybe we can uh, figure out what happened. But um, anyway, we're not at Wally yet, so we're back in two story. Uh, so um, uh, they hatched this plan to get Woody out and so to get Buzz away from uh, from Sid, and he's just about to light the uh, the rocket, and then eventually, but uh, Woody puts himself in the way and uh, says, "Oh, hey, uh, maybe we'll have uh, a, a barbecue later on with uh, with Woody." And uh, puts the match in his um, in his holster. So uh, then uh, Woody starts to talk to Sid through his voice box, and uh, starts like going through like his uh, you know his lines that he would say through his voice box. And uh, Sid just thinks, oh, he's just busted. And then uh, but Woody comes up with the line, "Who are you calling busted, Buster?" And uh, so that was actually quite a jarring moment, even though we sort of kind of uh, I guess we should have been really expecting it. It still was pretty out of the out of the ordinary to hear that and like to hear that he's actually talking through his voice box and like he's like yeah, yeah exactly. i'm talking like, to yeah, you sid i'm talking to you sid <laughs> and you should treat your toys better and then the toys start coming to life and they walk towards sid like they're zombies and he's freaking out <laughs> and then he says you should play your you should you should take care of your toys better, Sid, because we toys can see through everything. And it starts spinning slow. And then he actually does talk and he says, so play nice. And then he just screams and he rushes back to the house. The bit, the bit I, the bit I really freaked out on the scene was, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, obviously the, um, the Meccano baby, uh, that, that spider thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, He cuts off his fringe. (laughs) <laughs> the yeah. that was pretty freaky in itself so uh yeah. yeah so then obviously Sid's now freaked out by toys and had to have some fun with him over that and uh then they realize that uh you know the uh the, the van's about to leave so uh he's uh so obviously they need to um uh go for that but uh Woody gets stuck in the in the fence uh sorry not Woody a buzz gets stuck in the fence and uh has to uh so he says oh, so Woody, oh just go in and I'll catch you up and uh but uh uh Woody comes back and uh tries to uh to to free him and uh then uh they get to um I'm trying to think what where they where, where they get to next because they they uh, they're on the road and uh then um uh Woody uh I think they managed to actually catch the uh, the the moving van and um yeah so- yeah Woody catches the moving van and he um 
he catches up to the moving van when there's the red light and he climbs up and he's trying to look for RC, which is the car, the racing car. Mm-hmm. And he pushes him down and everybody thinks, oh no, he he's trying to get rid of another toy. And so they start attacking him. Well, and not only that, it's the him. toy that basically grasped on Woody to begin with. Well, you know, like uh, said that Woody, you know, pushed uh, Buzz out of the window. So, you know, he's like, uh, he basically, they think he was trying to get revenge on, uh, on RC to, uh, you know, after what happened. So, uh, yeah, obviously exactly. they start... So they keep they keep fighting him and fighting him and um you know um, Buzz actually jumps onto RC and is actually riding him but then things start circling around and then the dog starts chasing after them mm-hmm. and things start getting a lot more worse and then they actually do push um, Woody off of the van and you think that oh no he's going to be stranded but actually him and RC. Um, and Buzz start coming in, and then they went over to turbo mode to go a little bit faster. And then we see that, um, you know, they, they, the toys see through the, the little toy binoculars that Woody was telling the truth, Buzz and was alive this whole entire time. And so now they start regretting it, and now they have to think of a way to slow down the van or to try to capture him to bring him back into the van. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's at one point they actually had the bit with Scud where uh, Scud uh, with the dog, and so he bit onto uh, Woody's foot, and uh, he like he was gonna like end up letting go, and uh, he just says to Buzz, "Take care of Andy for me," and then Buzz go uh, you know uh, jumps on his face and uh, you know uh, pulls his eyelids and stuff, and uh, you know gets the gets the dog off, and so uh, then I think at one point uh, you know uh, uh, the dog ends up causing like a massive car accident and ends up getting like surrounded by cars, and so he ends up getting blocked off, and so. Uh, then uh, obviously the uh, the car starts to run as it goes into turbo starts to run out of uh, run out of battery and uh, then uh, and then slinky tries to uh, you know pull them into into the uh, into the moving van to uh, no avail it ends up getting massively stretched out and uh, then uh, obviously he, he he flings flings away and uh, i have to say i think uh, you know the uh, the whole voice acting throughout this entire bit was actually really good because it actually showed like all the stretches and strains of everything that they were going through and uh, so uh, it was. That was pretty good. To, yeah, to, absolutely. To yeah. It, it shows a lot of peril, and it shows uh, a lot of um, strain that they're trying to get uh, Woody and Buzz back into the van right before it completely disappears. So you can see and hear the turmoil that the characters are going through. Oh, and the music played it up as well. Like that's one thing I I, I always notice. The music really played it up. And uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. What you know, watching that scene, and then you get to the bit where um, the car, the car grinds to a halt. Uh, both Woody and Buzz are on top of RC, and uh, they don't know what to do. And then Buzz comes up with the idea of the rocket, and uh, so um, Woody then realizes, oh, he's just all got the match, and so he lights the match. Then a car drives by and puts out the match, and uh, then they're back to square one again of not being able to do anything at all, and they're completely lost. And then uh, Buzz ducks down his head and uh, realizes that his uh, helmet is actually uh, like a magnifying glass, which can direct light into into a beam. So uh, um, Woody has uh, lights the uh, the rocket uh, doing that, and uh, then he comes to the uh, dreaded conclusion that he's just written a, lit a rocket that actually explodes. So uh, and then we get the whole the whole fun thing watching the rocket just blasting up the street, and uh, so uh, then they drop off RC in the in the uh, in the van to uh, uh, Mr. Bazeo heads uh, um, uh, misfortune. And uh, then uh, they look like they're going to blow into the air and uh, look like they're going to get blown up. And then Buzz says, not today, and uh, brings his, uh, gets out his wings and cuts them loose from the, uh, from the rocket. So uh, 
that was uh, yeah, and then, he, then he starts flying which is never explained on how he's able to do that was it that the wind currents were just like able to let them lift up at a certain point uh i think he how? was i think he was gliding i think and oh, okay. uh, yeah so i think maybe i don't know maybe he has the maybe I he has mean, the ability to glide gliding yeah maybe the wind current is um you know helping propel his wings so that they are actually gliding instead of flying that's mm -hmm. true yeah, and so they glide uh, over the truck, and, and Woody says, Buzz, we just missed the truck, and he says, we're not aiming for the truck, and uh, then they land in the car, uh, and then Andy uh, realizes the jilt, and uh, realizes it's Woody and Buzz in the, uh, in, in the, in the box, and uh, so, uh, and he realizes that, that, well, in his opinion, he believes that he left him in the car this entire time, and uh, then, uh, yeah, yeah and you get Woody. Mom says, oh, yeah, that's right, Andy. It was right there, right? Just like I told you. So, <laughs> yeah, nothing ever gets brought up with that. And then skip over to a few months later, and it's Christmas. And they're going through the same thing, like with Andy's birthday, in which they're afraid that, oh, there's going to be some new toys that are going to replace us or something like that. But everybody's not, you know, everybody's actually really excited about what the new toys is going to be. And one of them happens to be a Mrs. Potato Head for <laughs> Mr. Potato is getting really excited about it. Oh, boy, I better shave. <laughs> he just pulls off his beard. He just pulls off his uh, mustache and... <laughs> And just has it like that, and then so uh, uh, actually, uh, Buzz is actually quite worried about what might actually come out, and he's actually knocking the uh, the two way radio, and what uh, you says, so you you're not nervous, are you? It's like uh, it's like hey, come on, what what could Andy potentially get that's worse than you? And uh, then you hear on the on the radio, he's like, what is it? What is it? Oh wow, a puppy! <laughs> <laughs> that that was a great way to end it. I, I yeah, believe. absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, that's actually how the movie ends. Yeah, yeah, and so. That's it, and uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, in conclusion, Toy Story was absolutely and utterly necessary, I think, during the time, because, uh, you know, Disney, I think, at, at that point, I think were, uh, I mean, they were coming out of their Renaissance era, I think they they, they were yeah, at that like, point. Yeah, like, this was on 95, so the newest Disney movie at the time was Pocahontas. Mm -hmm. And so they needed this, definitely, and, uh, you know, Pixar needed this, and everybody needed this, and we needed this. And it definitely told because at the bot, you know, this movie took uh, thirty million dollars to make, and it took home three hundred and sixty-one million nine hundred and fifty-eight seven hundred and thirty-six dollars. Wow, that's like what, like almost one hundred times the budget. That yeah, pretty much. It was uh, actually it's a uh, one hundred and actually I think it's one hundred and two times the budget. Uh, yeah, but over 100 times the budget. That's incredible, considering that this was the very first movie from an then-unknown company. Yeah, and mind you, it did have the Disney logo on it, so, I mean, I guess you could yeah, say... That's yeah, that's true, that's true. Mm -hmm. So, the uh, now it's become basically a cultural phenomenon. I mean, everyone knows the aliens, everyone knows Woody and Buzz, everybody knows the toys, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely made a lot of people happy, and also it launched... Uh, Randy Newman to uh, make other uh, maybe less new knowable uh, uh, musical numbers like uh, all That's the uh... true, exactly. I don't think, uh, yeah, the, uh, with the exception of the uh, Toy Story movies, I don't think Randy Newman's uh, music is known for a lot of the other Pixar's um, soundtracks. Although I did like his music on uh, Princess and the Frog. Though. Okay. Although well, that's not a that's not a Pixar movie. I know that doesn't count, but still. <laughs> Um, it is a Disney property, so I still like it. Though. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Roald Dahl, and when he did James and the Giant Peach, he's like, you know, there's just so many unnecessary musical numbers in that, and just, you know, that, that, that to me, maybe, was a bit disappointing for me, because I did like James and the Giant Peach, you know, when they weren't singing, so I guess uh, that was one thing, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, so... 
I mean, let's give scores out of 10. I mean, it's uh, it's a 10. You know, yeah, I, I, so it is a definite 10. It's one of the most important movies that has ever came out. Heavily culturally significant. Uh, became a huge staple in our pop culture. People are still remembering it to this day. Uh, yeah, memorable, memorable characters, uh, memorable story, memorable soundtrack. You remember everything about it, and it became a huge hit for a reason. And people are still talking about it to this day. It's become like one of the staples in Pixar. So yeah, definitely ten out of ten. Truly and utterly amazing. And that concludes another episode of Pixmix. So uh, we'll let you guys know what uh, the next epi- well, the next uh, movie is going to be in the next episode of Pixmix uh, in uh, 10 days' time. So uh, from uh, myself, Aaron. And Patricia. Take care, and bye-bye for now. See you later.